by minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go! Howdy, partner, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1958 Lawrence Kasdan written and directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Sean. Uh, my regular co-host, Brian, could not be with us today. But in his place, we have a wonderful special guest all the way from the Sandlot. It's Rachel Mummert. Welcome, Rachel. Howdy. Howdy. Sorry, I jumped in there too early. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Howdy. Welcome and, and, and thanks for coming in on, on a Friday for uh, for Minute 60. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for thanks for stopping by. Thanks for filling in. Uh, <laughs> in minute, minute 60, we're, we're back in the old saloon with uh, Peyton and, and Stella. And Stella points out to her partner and then the owner of this fine establishment comes in. And it's an old friend, good old Sheriff Cobb. <laughs> and I just want to mention a couple things. I think when we originally uh, introduced Stella, played by the the wonderful Linda Hunt, I think oh, uh, when we were going through uh, Linda Hunt's sort of CV and, and her history in IMDb, I think I neglected to mention that she was in Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, now available yeah. on Blu-ray and digital. From uh, I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had forgotten yeah, she, that, and I was like, what? She's Lady Proxima? <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler <laughs> Yeah, so in, in addition to her uh, distinctive stature, she also has a very distinctive voice. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, usually a lot of times I have trouble. I usually got to look it up to figure out, um, you know, who's voicing what in, uh, in whether it's, uh, you know, an alien in Star Wars or uh, uh, animated feature. But uh, Linda Hunt, yeah. I recognized right away. Uh, yeah. When she came up in solo, so always, always a welcome addition. So uh, yeah, we were we we're talking about what you know, kind of uh, what she had done and, and where this film falls in kind of her acting career. But yeah, I figure we should mention, yeah, mention, uh, mention solo. So she's yeah. part of that Star Wars universe. <laughs> um, and uh, speaking of Star Wars, so if you happen to be watching instead of Silverado, if you're watching Return of the Jedi. Uh, right about minute 60, you'd be in the midst of the speeder chase on the awesome. forest moon of Endor. Endor. So you'd be, uh, you'd be riding along with Luke and Leia as they're chasing down. Well, I don't know if there's, are they forest troopers? I'm not sure if I, they're still called stormtroopers in the forest. If they fall over in the forest, do you, are, you know, like what, <laughs> are they really there? <laughs> yeah. If a stormtrooper falls over in the forest and there isn't an e- there isn't an Ewok there to hear it, did they really fall? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, speaking of Endor, that speeder bike chase was always one of my favorites growing up. Like whenever I was on my bike, I was <laughs> on a speeder bike for real. <laughs> oh yeah, pati- yeah, yeah, same. Particularly if it was like. Uh, well, I don't know if I ever had a, a forest that dense, but if I was riding through some no, trees, you'd be like, yeah. kind of pretend to be the speeder going back and forth. Yep. Good excitement. Good excitement. So speaking of excitement, so here we are. Previously, Payton has asked about, uh, you know, 
possible employment to see if they need some help around this establishment that Stella runs. And now she's letting them know that uh, she's she's got to check in with her so-called partner. And there mm. seems to be a slippery slope here because it seemed like earlier Stella kind of made it sound like this was her place. I mean, she said she ran it. You know, she seemed yeah. to like be in charge. And then it's like, well, I kind of, you know, before I can hire you, I got to check in with my partner. And then it's like, well, there isn't really, you know, and, well, I'm and, I'm and I'm stuck with this partner because there's an owner. <laughs> like, so there's okay. So who's actually, actually run, running, running this joint? Yeah. Yeah. Is it kind of like her haven or her heaven that she calls it? Like it's her, her place of refuge or it's like her, you know, like one of those places she treasures. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's her, uh. You know, her, her like spiritually, her her home base, the place where she feels safe and yeah, and comforted. I could see that. Yeah, well, because and that kind of would fit in the. There's kind of like the physical separation and the protection when she's behind that bar, yeah. kind of separating her from the the rough and tumble clientele. Um, so maybe a, a place where she kind of she feels in control, she feels safe. Oh yeah, yeah. The old. Uh, the old midnight star. <laughs> and like, I haven't like seen this movie in its entirety. I, you know, just this minute was my introduction to it, but I was reading on IMDb about it. And it said that, uh, she dilutes all of the alcohol or the spirits because she finds, you know, the pure stuff is just way too dangerous for, you know, the clientele. I thought that was great. <laughs> but she keeps a bottle, you know, for special occasions of undiluted spirits. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good uh, a good bartender, saloon keep, always keeps the good stuff for themselves in reserve. <laughs> yeah. Does that makes sense. So, uh, and also a little bit, so, uh, you know, a, a smart businesswoman in, oh, in keeping, yeah. um, you know, probably keep, help keep order, you know, so people get, don't get drunk quite as quickly and so uh maybe don't act up as much but also mm -hmm. uh you know make your make your stores last a little bit longer oh the, definitely uh, each, you know <laughs> kind of stretch a bottle she's uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's just being you know practical and you know <laughs> good old yankee ingenuity so you had you 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 had not seen this uh this film before no i haven't well, you still have it, so you just watched it. I still have it. I just watched this okay. movie, <laughs> which I'd like right. to go back and watch it in its entirety. That's, it's an interesting film. Yeah, it's worth watching. So, are you are you a fan of the western? Do you have Do you have a favorite western? I was thinking about this all week because I I mean I don't mind westerns. Um, oh man, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I always like watching Tombstone, and I also like The Quick and mm. the Dead. Hmm. Yeah, those are two good ones. Those are two, uh, I think, two of Brian's favorites. Okay. Uh, Shame he couldn't be here, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I also like Shanghai Noon. <laughs> it's a different kind of Western, but it's still, <laughs> in my books, a Western. <laughs> sure. Yeah, West Westerns come in all kinds of forms. Um, oh, yeah. Shapes and sizes. <laughs> so as... Um, as Stella is pointing over to her her so-called partner Kelly, uh, she <laughs> mentioned there's an owner, and uh, his ears must have been ringing 
as if on demand, the owner Ooh. comes in and it turns <laughs> out it's <laughs> um, turns out it's Sheriff Cobb, who we've seen <laughs> before. We know has a little bit of history yeah. with uh, with Peyton, with with Kevin Klein. So I love when they show that Kelly character. It just seems so awkward. I mean, I've <laughs> it was the first time I've really seen him, but he's kind of like patting his forehead and hair, and then he like <laughs> sniffs oh. his like be like hmm, <laughs> like hmm, am I sweating? Am I <laughs> is my pomade coming off? <laughs> yeah, I kind of I wanted to talk about that. Like, what's going on? And we don't see too much. Just kind of at the end of the minute. Uh, Cobb kind of calls Kelly over, so we don't we don't actually get to talk to him or see too much of him. But what is going on with Kelly? He kind of <laughs> he like primps his hair and then he smells his finger. Yeah, and then I was like, is he smelling his finger? Or is he kind of you know grooming his mustache? I, or he could be doing both in one <laughs> slick move there. <laughs> okay, I was oh, sniffing my fingers. I was uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't really make the connection with the mustache. That might make sense if he's maybe like transferring some of his product, some of the pomade or, <laughs> yeah. or hair product from from the top of his head to like combing it through his his mustache. <laughs> that could um, be. <laughs> yeah, I actually did a so I I did a little bit of research into. Uh, I guess like hairstyles and grooming and and hair products of the of the 19th century of the late 19th century. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, so earlier in the 1800s, it actually would have been very common for uh, a gentleman to have longer hair. Hmm. Um, it was funny. One of the one of the sources I was reading actually kind of compared it to sort of like hippies in the 60s that. Uh, sort of the, the traditional 1800s cowboy, or at least for the first half of the 1800s, um, you know, their hairstyles would have looked more like uh, kind of traditional, what we think of like a hippie than, mm-hmm. uh, than the establishment. Um, that, uh, yeah, so, so men and women would wear their hair long, and then men, huh. obviously, uh, you know, beards and mustaches and sideburns, just a, a lot of hair. But then... Uh, uh, and I, I didn't find anything that kind of really pointed to a reason why, although it's, you know, styles and fashions change there, you know, can't really say why. But then towards the latter half of, of the 1800s, around the time period where this happens, men started wearing their hair shorter um, and, and kind of trimmed a little bit. So more in the style of, of what we see Kelly here. But they did. There was um, a lot of products. So pomade was uh, was one product that that was around that uh that men would have or you know men would have been using at this time and uh so shampoo i did i I found one website one source that that claimed shampoo hadn't been invented yet Hmm. although i found other other sources that say there were um kind of hair hair uh intended soap products or you know soap products intended to be used on the hair that like that go back to ancient rome so I don't, you know, I don't know if they quite match, uh, you know, chemically what we would call shampoo today, but uh, certainly people would have been washing their hair. Yeah. Although yeah. they didn't, uh, <laughs> they didn't bathe as often as we do nowadays. Um, oh. Probably that the availability of indoor plumbing and, and oh, hot yeah. water <laughs> may have contributed to that. I, I, 
I think we're still in the time where it's like for a hot bath, you'd be heating up water on a stove and kind of pouring it into the tub, one saucer pan or one (laughs) tea kettle full at a time. So, uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, so there were, there were, there were like several different products that, uh, that might've been available at this time. Although, uh, you know, different kind of waxes and oils, although they seem to be mostly based on some sort of um, lard or fat. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, In addition to like things like palm oil. So I wonder if, and I kind of, I didn't find anything that referenced this, but I wonder if, uh, if those products would go bad, if they would spoil if you had them on. So I'm wondering if like, that's what he's smelling to see, like it has his pomade <laughs> turned as the, you know, like the bear fat that he's greasing his hair with. Has oh it, man. <laughs> has it turned? I'm imagining like not having or not taking like regular baths or anything and using that in your hair and just leaving it in for <laughs> long periods of time. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Cause apparently what like they would just, like layer it on, like you know, if 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 you started to smell, you would just layer on more perfumes, and if your hair kind of got messed up, you would just layer on more of your pomade <laughs> or more of your more of your oil to kind of keep it in place Man. until uh, you know until the monthly bath came around. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a few different things we don't get a lot of of Sheriff Cobb, but it's like. Mm-mm. I'm not usually, I don't know how you feel. Well, I'll just ask you. So, uh, (laughs) Rachel, kind of what's your, what's your feeling about Brian Dennehy? What's your history with him? Do you have like a favorite Brian Dennehy uh, movie or or part that he's played? Uh, It's got to be Tommy Boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's Yeah. 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 I got to admit like, so obviously I'm aware of uh, Brian Dennehy and he's Mm -hmm. been in, a, a tons of things like you see him and, and you know, I see him, I instantly know who he is. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, I just kind of, I was never like a huge fan. Like I never really appreciated him. I just like, okay, you know, he's good. He always seemed to do a, a decent job. Like he doesn't bring anything down, mm-hmm. but this little bit, like just watching this minute over and over again, like he does a lot. And I mean, it, you know, if I just explain like, so he comes in the door he walks up, he sees Stella and Peyton talking to each other. He, you know, he walks up and he calls over Kelly. Yeah. But he really does a lot with that little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, first I mean, of all, he's... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I think I was going along the same lines as you. Just, I mean, just his entrance itself. I mean, he really knows how to make an entrance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just he's very stylish. I like his uh, whole getup. <laughs> In this in this minute, yeah. So he's not like it's not overly flamboyant. It's Mm-mm. not foppish or anything like that. But it does. He stands out like he's got. There's a little bit of fringe, like a fur on the collar, um, fur on the um, on the cuffs, on the wrist cuffs of his jacket. Yeah. There's a. Uh, looks like there's a little bit of a, you know, the band on his hat stands out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like just enough, and he's. Um, He's a big guy, like he's a physical presence in the room. Um, so like, yeah, he kind of, as soon, I mean, other than the fact that the camera is pointed right at the door. So of course we're going to notice <laughs> him walking in, but you know, you get the feeling, even if, you know, even if the camera wasn't directing us there, 
we'd notice. And then he does a little uh, he does a little shuffle step. So there's a there's a waitress. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure it's, it's a waitress who's crossing the room. And of course, like he can go and she can go like there's no reason they have to collide. But he kind of times the step just so uh, <laughs> I guess he has an excuse to bump into her. Yeah, it's almost like they, he's trying to start a dance with her. But yeah, he kind of steps <laughs> steps into her step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's it's smooth enough that it's not. At least I didn't think it was creepy, but it's kind of you know from our vantage point we can see he's clear, clearly uh, doing this on purpose. He's kind of yeah. making it look like an accident, but maybe just <laughs> an excuse to kind of put his hands on her hips and yeah. <laughs> Do a little dance for a moment, um, and then okay. uh, walking up. There's a there's sort of a post uh, in the foreground. As he walks up, he can kind of put his hand up and lean on it, and raise his head up in a in a big laugh. <laughs> he works that really well. I mean, just using that post and just <laughs> he uses that very to his advantage very well. <laughs> just the yeah. leaning on it and the big big laugh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and then he's got, uh, I guess, probably leather gloves on. We can see I when like he puts his gloves. hand up to lean on the post. Yeah, these nice gray gloves. Yeah. You kind of get the feeling like, um, well, I guess it makes sense. Like he's like he isn't out, you know, running the cattle or anything. You know, he's wearing, um, you know, again, if I just list it and say, well, you know, he's wearing a jacket, he's wearing a hat, he's wearing gloves. You know, he could be out on the range, you know, one of these cowboys or cattle wrestlers or anything. But then when you look at the details... Uh, you see, no. This is this is a man of of taste. This is a man of refinement. This is not someone who's out in the the dirt and the and you know the the mud and so forth. Yeah. And then he looks over. He says, "Well, look at this. Two of my favorite people in the world talking to each other, <laughs> talking <laughs> talking to Stella and and Payton. Um Now we know. I I don't think there was too much uh, of uh, Sheriff Cobb earlier, but we do know. Um, we know that he knows Peyton, Kevin Klein, mm-hmm. and we know we know Kevin Klein owes him money. <laughs> um, and I wonder because there was something else he says later. Uh, you know, he's saying uh, to Stella, "Oh, you two are going to get along fine. You've got a lot in common." Yeah. <laughs> I guess. And I, I kind of wonder. So. Oh, go ahead. Oh uh, no! I was just going to say I was wondering, like, what is it? What is he talking about? What is it that they have in common? And I was going to ask you that, too. I mean, obviously, I, I I haven't seen before or after this minute, but I'm curious to know, too, what they have in common. <laughs> yeah. So I want So one of the things is we know that Peyton owes Cobb, uh, if I remember correctly, he said it was $13. So uh, that he and the, the last time when when Peyton and Cobb b- r- bumped into each other, Cobb felt that, uh, you know, felt free and necessary to mention that. Uh, so I wonder if that's like, does Stella owe him money? Because she's saying like, oh, she got stuck with Kelly oh. as a partner and everything. So, and there seems to be, um, well, obviously she's not happy, you know, she, you know, her, her so-called partner and the fact that she says I'm stuck, you don't generally don't say you're stuck with someone and no. you're happy about yeah. it. So I wonder if like, does she owe Cobb money and that's why she's stuck, you know, work in the saloon mm. uh, to pay it off kind of thing. And then the other thing, it seems, um, seems Peyton is something of a gambler. So one of the things he says, oh, yeah. um, the thing where, where, where 
that Stella's saying she has to check in with her partner is Peyton was asking if they needed any help. He says uh, the, the quote from the previous minute would be, you wouldn't be needing any help around here, would you? Maybe with the gambling. Ah. Uh, so is she, you know, is, is Stella a bit of a risk taker? Is, is Stella a bit of a gambler mm. as well? I could see um, her being, I could see that for her, for her character. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that fits in. I actually hadn't, and I don't remember if this is, uh, that, that bit of trivia you mentioned that she waters down the drinks. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I didn't pick up on that. I don't remember if that's, I guess that's something that's in the film. I didn't remember that. And I wonder, well, one of the things we were wondering about that quote, because they don't go, they don't go too far into it. Payton doesn't really explain what he means by help with the gambling. And I wonder if it's, so maybe that's just some like, maybe they're both kind of cheaters. Maybe, you know, Payton saying, I can be like the ringer. You know, if someone comes uh-huh. in and they start winning too much, like I, you know, I'm a bit of a, I have some sleight of hand. I can work the table. I can make sure people lose the same way kind of Stella's kind of working things at the bar. Okay. Like doing air, you know, quote unquote, work in the bar. Yeah. Maybe that's they're both, um, uh, you know, maybe cheating's too strong a word. Maybe they just like to, you know, like to work the the odds in their own favor. Oh yeah, let's say. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see that. I would think. Yeah. So maybe that's what they. Yeah. So yeah, because wonder about that line. So the, you you've got a lot in common. And maybe yeah, like uh, they both, like you said, they like to work. Work things to their own own favor, no matter what you know mm-hmm. what they do. That could be what they have in common. So, right, they oh. don't necessarily you know they they don't necessarily want everything on an even playing ground yeah. or play field. They can work things to their favor. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and I could see that for I I guess in this day this time in the saloons they probably want some. Some sort of, you know, enforcement of, like you said, you don't want people winning too much or, you know, cleaning, cleaning out the tables or other, other people who are gambling, you know, you don't want to have unnecessary fights. Right, right. Well, you got to figure out, well, I, I figure, say, I'll say that I'll assume that the ex- expectation is the clientele aren't always on the up and up, whether they're, um, you know, whether, you know, cheating at cards and and the gambling or trying to, um, you know, snatch a free drink or getting some advantage at the bar so that if, uh, you know, someone kind of doing something that's not strictly, you know, according to Hoyle by the rules, but really they're just evening the playing field. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, if, if Stella waters down a drink or two, well, that just balances out uh, maybe someone who sneaks out without paying or someone who reaches behind the bar to, you know, surreptitiously refill a glass without <laughs> paying. So, uh, you know, likewise, you know, if, if a patron's gambling at cards and you've got someone working for the house who can kind of, you know, cheat them right back, it's just, uh, you know, it's not cheating if everyone's doing it. I guess. Yeah, is, yeah. It's <laughs> one way of looking at it, you know, because this is sort of, it's, you know, it's a lawless time in the old Wild West, <laughs> as they say. Like if that one person's cheating and you're cheating right back, then it's all fair. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that maybe that's what they, you know, that's what he's talking about, what Cobb is talking about, and that they've got a lot in common, that yeah. they both, uh, you know, 
they both kind of even out the playing field in in their own way. Um, I mean, the other thing we've seen from uh, from Kevin Klein from Payton is, well, we've seen him shoot a couple folks. Uh, you know, one guy who had stolen his horse, we found him with his horse, mm. um, and another guy, another gentleman, had his gun that was stolen from him. So, you know, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's Kevin Klein who you can't be intimidated by Kevin Klein. It's yeah. you know, you love Kevin Klein, but um, <laughs> you know, we've seen if if you get on the wrong side of him, Payton can be dangerous. Oh, um, yeah. You know, if you cross him, if you try to steal from him. Uh, do you think that's maybe that's maybe that's what they have in common? Is Stella is Stella a killer when she needs to be? I could, yeah, I would think being, you know, where she, you know, in life where she is, or you know, working in uh, the saloon, or being, I I think you would have to kind of be a little bit of a killer to defend yourself, defend your, defend the saloon, <laughs> and I think just living. <laughs> In that time, you just have to be a little bit ruthless <laughs> to survive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we don't we don't know if there's like a Mister Stella if if he's, she has That's like a true. romantic or maybe a <laughs> maybe a Miss. I don't know if she has a, a you know a romantic partner, but uh, yeah. just yeah, like her. Well, you know, being a woman in in the workplace in a saloon and you know in this time and place, um, you know, and and a woman of her stature. That yeah. uh, you know, she's not she's she's not physically imposing. Kind of the the opposite of of Brian Dennehy of, of Sheriff Cobb here in terms <laughs> That's of very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, physical appearance. So she must have she must be gifted in some other way. Yeah, to uh, to kind of hold her own. Uh, you know, in 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 the larger world and also in the business world of of this drinking and gambling establishment. Yeah. Yeah, so she must uh, she must have some tricks up her sleeve. I think say. so. She can she can take care of herself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we wrap up with uh, with Sheriff Cobb kind of calling over uh, our our partner Kelly, and you know mentioning turning to Peyton and saying, "Well, you didn't come all this way just to pay me back that money, did you?" Um, again, <laughs> mentioning. I mean, he's we've seen these two characters run into each other twice, and each time they see each other. Yeah, Cobb feels to mention. I should probably check. I don't know, like, what inflation is like. What, what? Again, I if I remember correctly, it's thirteen dollars that Cobb says okay. Payton owes him. Um, I don't know what thirteen dollars is in today's money. Oh, I'm yeah. guessing it's probably a few hundred bucks. So, uh, I would think so. yeah, I was curious too. <laughs> so how would that equaled out to today? <laughs> then that closes out our minute. So we we kind of leave off with uh, with old uh, Stinky Finger Kelly. Stinky. Heading over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's about all the notes I had. All I had to say for for minute sixty. Do you have Rachel? Anything else you wanted to add? Um, I think that was about it too. I was just curious to see how that sentence ended at the very end of this minute. <laughs> Because <laughs> like right at the end of the minute, it cut off. Now it's like, what is the rest? So I'm curious to see if if they'll let him uh, help out at the uh, saloon or not. Yeah, so I would definitely say it's uh, you know hopefully this minute kind of piqued your interest and uh, it's worth checking out uh, the rest of the film. We're we're about halfway through. It's a little bit more than than two hours, okay. and uh, yeah, 
And they, we get to see, and there's, there's a lot of minutes, you know, out of whole, I'm not, I'm not a huge Western fan. And, and you know, I've kind of said, I'm not a huge fan of this film, um, but I'm, I'm getting there. I got to say, I'm getting there. And it's because it's actually, I think this is one of those films that particularly benefits from this kind of minute by minute treatment, the movies oh, by okay. minutes treatment, because because and there are there are some issues with kind of the story as a whole. And I know some of the other hosts on the podcast have addressed it, but there's a lot of good performances and there's a lot of good scenes like, you know, we just, you know, um, you know, Brian Dennehy, just, you know, the way he walks into a room and then walks yeah. across the bar like that's yeah. that's really good. Uh, you know, Kevin Klein is, is you know, all his scenes are really good. Linda Hunt as, as Stella, I think, is an excellent performance from her. So there's yeah. a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of interesting things. And um, kind of working through this process of this minute by minute podcast is at least for me is like bringing out a lot of those little things that are that are making the film uh, more enjoyable. So um, I, I do think I, uh, I appreciate the film more than I did in the beginning of the week, way back in, in minute 56. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I would say, like, looking through the uh, cast list, there are, I mean, just looking through who all is in this. Yeah, it seems like a really, really interesting cast of characters that I'd like to see, <laughs> see, like, how that all comes yeah, yeah. together. Yeah, there's, there's certainly there's a lot of people in this film and a lot of people that we know a lot better now than we oh, did yeah. in 1985 when it when it came back, okay. you know, or when it came out. You know, a lot of people that were kind of, um, uh, you know, in the beginning of their career are not as well known as as they would be. So uh, it's interesting to look back and kind of see. Yeah, where they where they were then versus where they are now. <laughs> Well, in reading through the uh, synopsis, I, it is, um, there's a part, it sounds like later on, where like Jeff Goldblum pops up in the movie. So I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's one thing I have not seen is Jeff Goldblum in a Western. So that I'd like to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably saw him as uh, as the character in New Jersey in uh, Buckaroo Banzai, but... Uh... Uh, oh, okay. yeah. Where I think he was, he was like wearing cowboy boots and a hat in that film. But here he is a straight up western, and again someone who's like kind of towards the earlier side, yeah, in his career. I mean, he'd been in uh, the Big Chill and, and Into the Night stuff like that. But like the Fly wouldn't be till next year. That yeah. came out in '86, and that was kind of like the big, I think, the big breakthrough point um, for Jeff there. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting to see some of these actors kind of mostly, or, or for a large extent, earlier in their career. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I think we've I think we've done justice. We've done Western style justice to to minute sixty. <laughs> oh yes. So let's wrap things up. And so, uh, Rachel, if if our listeners want to hear uh, more from you, tell us uh, tell us about some other podcast stuff you're doing. Oh well, you can hear me on a few podcasts. Myself and Tierney, we we have done a league of their own, nine innings. That's um, or like one inning at a time, so nine innings total. And Tierney, Doris, and I did um, American Graffiti, one song at a time. 
And those are completed. You can listen to those on any of your podcatchers. And coming this summer, we um, Tierney and I will be covering The Sandlot, nine minutes at a time. So look for that the, uh, coming this summer. And you can find more information on those at uh, VCR Privileges. Yeah, definitely. It's a good uh, good baseball film, a good summer film. Oh, definitely. So uh, right when the summer hits, yeah, definitely check out. You know, go back. If you haven't listened to those the previous uh, previous films or podcasts about films, check those out. But then when the summer comes around and it gets hot and and then it's it's time for baseball, which uh, which will be starting up pretty soon as we, uh, you know, as we record this baseball starting up soon, yeah. as you're listening to this listener, baseball's already going. So uh, <laughs> yeah, head over to VCR Privileges and yeah, check out the, the Sandlot. Yeah. Nine minutes at a time. Uh, as always, you can find me. I'm from Next Scene Pod at ne- or ne- the Next Scene Podcast. Uh, I'm at nextscenepod.com and Next Scene Pod on the social medias. And if you just tuned in for this single minute to uh, to check out, see what what Rachel's thoughts were, well, you can hear the <laughs> the rest of the rest of our episodes by going to SilveradoMinute.com. Uh, we are also on the social media at Silverado MXM on Twitter. And we've got the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener Saloon on Facebook. And, you know, we're on all the the Apple Podcasts and Spotify and um, all those other, uh, all the other podcast places. So, (laughs) yeah, so so check those out. You can find also there's hundreds, literally hundreds of other Movies by Minutes podcasts that are available right now at MoviesByMinutes.com. And so come on back next week for the next Silverado Minute. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs>